Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always to discuss all things women's cycling, particularly 2016-2017, is my good friend Sarah. How are you, Sarah? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, good. I'm um, a little bit excited because it was my last day of work today. <laughs> and so I get to not worry about that for a little while, which will be a nice change. But also, we've got a whole bunch of stuff to to talk about, about what's gone on this past year and what might be coming up in the new year. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, we like to do this at the end of the year because it's nice to kind of step back now that the season's over, look back at it in the shape of the season, look ahead to the shape of the new season. This is not going to be my... I see normally every year I do a really strong analysis of what's happened to the calendar, what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. I didn't do it this year because last year the calendar changed so many times just between um, when it was announced in October and um, in... Uh, in December, let alone by the by what was raised. I haven't done that yet mm. because I'm like, ah. But yes, uh, spreadsheets. I will do my spreadsheets later. So we're going to do that later. But yeah, we want to just look at the shape of the year that was, the shape of the year that's to come. Indeed, indeed. And um, I think obviously the fairly big uh, thing, as you've already hinted at, that sort of impacted the calendar was the implementation of the first year of the Women's World Tour. Um, and extending the the notion of the World Cups out into more races, and then um, you know the impact that that had on the whole year. What do you think about that then? Well, I think you know for me it was interesting because it created this. Um, uh, I mean, it's not like there wasn't already a, a um, narrative from the World Cup races to the others. I mean, but it created this this um, whole other set of smaller races that were lifted to World Tour level that well, there were a few that sort of made sense for political reasons, but were eyebrow raises from a racing point of view um, mm. and, and stuff like that that I think changed things a little bit. I also think, though, that one of the things for me, I guess in hindsight, is that... Um, for years and years, you know, you've you've taught us about the different sort of seasons within a season. You know how you have your classics, and then you have your sort of more midsummery stage race season, and then towards the end of you know after the the Giro Rosa, um, you know the sort of tail towards um, worlds and and you know those kind of things. And somehow the world tour sort of layering across all of that. I don't know for me anyway it just felt like it um it just sat like a big <laughs> blanket i don't know what the right word is um you know a- across the the whole season um i think for me the the super interesting thing about 2016 though was the way that bowls as a team was so dominant um throughout the year but you know in a not so I don't know, in a not boring and not obvious way. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, I thought you were going to continue. <laughs> sorry. No, no, all good, all good. Oh, well, which bit do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about Bold? Do you want to talk about the World Tour? Do you want to talk about other things? Well, I mean, what's your impression of the World Tour? What's what's your take on, on how that impacted on 2016? Well, I don't think... I know this is... I mean... I don't know, I'm a bit bizarre because when I look back at other people's 
talking about the end of the year, especially the UCI and people like that. So I, and they go, oh, the World Tour, it changed everything. And I don't think the World Tour actually did change that much, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think the, you know, we, you touched on it, the races that perhaps shouldn't have been there. Well, not shouldn't have been there, but the World Tour, it starts off with the classics, and the classics are the classics. You know, you have yeah. Strada, you have the ones that are, are, are light men's races. So your Strade, your um, uh, Flesh Wallon, Ronde Van Vlaanderen, and those classics. And then you have the women's specific classics that may also have men's races around them, but the women's races are more important. So the Ronde Van Drenthe and the Trofeo Alfredo Binder, and those were the mainstay of the World Cup because, as everyone knows, the World Cup was day races and yep. the World Tour is um, adds in some stage races. And the World Cup also had, you know, the Tour of Chongming Island as a day race, which this year got expanded to a stage race. And it's been interesting, I think, how the World Tour didn't up the status of those smaller races. So you have the the standard World Tour Day Race, uh, World Cup Day Races. Then you have the Tour of California, the Tour of Ireland, the Viva Women's Tour, the um, the Giro Rosa as the stage races. And then it's got the kind of three crit-like races um, under seventy kilometres, yeah. seventy eighty kilometres of the Le Corse by the Tour de France, the Madrid chat, the Madrid um, Challenge by the, at the Vuelta, and the Prudential Ride London GP. Yep. And I think most interesting from, and then you, you know, you have also the amazing races like Vagorda, the Vagorda Team Time Trial, the Vagorda uh, Road Race, the GP de Plouet, those, 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 fab, those fabulous races. Yep. Yep. And I think, and and so races like the Aviva Women's Tour, which didn't have an impact on the World Tour because um, it, it, maybe it did a little bit, but it was it, it didn't need to be World Tour to give it more status. You know, the year of the women's tour, the fact that they're in the in the um, in the world tour is is it doesn't really mean much. Yeah, yeah. And the ones that were the the ones that are kind of some less lesser races, Chongming Island, the Tour of California, they it wasn't like riders went over there who wouldn't have gone anyway. In my mind. Because we've had, um, it's lovely that over the past couple of years we've seen a UCI um, women's, like, uh, uh, UCI races in the USA. And I'm really excited about that for American, North American riders and South American riders too, I guess. But um, it's, it's, I don't think that, like, Chongming Island, it didn't have all the top sprinters. It was a great race. Yeah. Chloe Hosking was a worthy winner. The Tour of California didn't have all the didn't have anywhere near the field of Aviva Women's Tour. Uh, Rabo Liv just didn't go to the Madrid the Madrid, Madrid Challenge, and yep. you know lots of other teams sent sent smaller teams to La Course and to London. So it's not like it elevated those races. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think I think that's also it leads into a bit of an interesting question then of of how you think that's going to go in two thousand seventeen as well in the sense that do you think we're going to see more of this kind of um, fragmentation of of teams focusing on certain parts of the season or certain races more than others? Well, all the big riders have always said all the way along that, um, you know, if you talk to an Emma Johansson or uh, Ellen Van Dyke or someone like that, that they've always said all the way along that they would much rather win an individual race 
than win the overall World Cup. Mm. Like, if it's a choice of winning the World Cup without winning a race or winning, you know, uh, or winning... Uh, all of them have said that. The, yeah, the, yeah. All of the big names have said that about the World Cup. And I think the World Tour is the same. I mean, the weird thing about the World Tour is that Megan Guarnier had tied up the World Tour win with three races to go. Yeah. Like, after Pagoda, where she wasn't there, um, because Bulls won the team time trial, she'd won. You know? And so it becomes... a. Uh, and, and while I adore I adore Megan Guarnier and I adore the fact that she went to the Madrid Challenge, which was the last right, last World Tour race of the season, and she was respect you know she was honouring the jersey, she was attacking, she was working for her teammates, etc. etc. Yeah. And that's a very Megan Guarnier way, but actually Megan could have just like bowed out and finished her you know finished yeah, her season soft, there, soft, like soft it, you know taking a, a longer break for her season, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like like. The World Tour isn't going to... Riders who want to win the Giro aren't going to be looking at shall I win the Giro or shall I, shall I aim for the Giro or shall I aim for the World or shall I aim for the World Tour. You know, riders are still going to go right classics. The fact that they're in the World Tour doesn't really make a difference to to wanting to win Flesh or wanting mm. to win Binder or, or because riders know what those races are like. And the fact that... I mean, it's, you know, in the same way as I'd say, ah, oh, blah, 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 has won a World Cup. Um when she won Chongming Island, it's not the same, you know, it's, it's always, and so there's this interesting thing. And I don't know, in terms of creating a narrative, I'm not sure I necessarily buy that Uh in a tracing a narrative, in a way that if you're following the, if you're following women's cycling, you have a narrative already. Yeah. 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 But there's not like there was a really big, good TV or, you know, the, the fact that, the fact that the UCI cut on their their highlights because you know, they used to have half an hour for each um, half an hour for each World Cup race in highlights, and now it's now it's uh, you know very short, very you know it's, it was it was done. I mean, bless them, uh, Nils Gudrian and Felix Mattis were the ones who actually approached the UCI to make the highlights because yeah, there weren't yeah. any highlights at all. You know, we didn't have any highlights at all from Strade, so it's not even like there's that. You know. So yeah, I just I think I just disagree with a lot of people about oh it did all these amazing things because um yeah I don't yeah. I don't see it but it's one of those things that I like World Cup I understood the World Cup a World Cup is a World Cup across sports you can understand it and uh, it's just literally I I feel just thinking of the, um it ties it in with this really good um it's a positive thing World Tour it still sounds like something you don't really understand. Yeah. If, you're not, if you're new to cycling, you're going to understand well. Yeah, well, exactly. It can be hard to to understand the idea of a world tour, but at the same time, I guess you know the world tour is what they have on the men's side of the sport, and the UCI and, and partners certainly seem to be working towards a bit more uh, parity um, in terms of both of those things. I mean, whether or not that's good remains to be seen. I guess. Yeah, it's going to be interesting next year. One of the things I'm really excited about is the fact that we're getting, we've got more women's monuments. Um, Liège Lebanese on the show, Liège and Amstel Gold are happening next year for the first time as women's races. Um, I think there was an Amstel women's Amstel in the past, and obviously we know how the women ride Amstel Gold because they have the bowls, uh, the, the bowls, the bowls Rental Hills Classic, yeah, which is. All, you know, all along the same, um, oh, beautiful Limburg hills and around, you know, up and down over the Kalberg, you know, um, 
It's going to be interesting to see how they work it, though, because um, Amstel, the race organiser, has basically been pushed into it. I think it's also because Bulls are one of their main sponsors. Right, right. And Bulls, of course, have their team, and Bulls are very, very into women's cycling, and, and that's going to that's fascinating. It's got that simultaneous, is it good because the sponsor's pushing it, or is it risky because it means if there's a new sponsor, it'll go. But I, 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 that'll be fun. And then yeah. the age... Another proper hilly classic. You know, this means that we've got flesh. The, the men's the men's hilly monuments are flesh, Liège, Amstel, and we've yep. got them all. It's, no, maybe I'm, maybe Amstel isn't a monument, but whatever. You know, we've got we've got them. We've got these now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and as we've lamented on and off over the years, I mean, more climby races equals more good. Yes, yes, because the problem is with the women's calendar is that we've lost. That when we lost the when we went through that big stage in the early in the two thousands in the late two thousands, um, the early two thousands, uh, mid mid late two uh, thousands, we lost races. We lost them all in uh, most of them in like the hilly places like uh, the France. Mm. Uh, we've lost some in Spain, but we lost a lot in Italy. And races that were hilly, like the Giro Trentino, which used to be a you know three day climbing fest are now you know a one day slightly flatter race and of course it's cheaper to run races in in less climby places yeah so yeah and obviously liege is interesting because it's run by the aso yes yes indeed and so i looking ahead to next year i mean i have not you know i've not been a fan of lacourse right I, I think it's fair to say that both of us have been underwhelmed by it, yes. Yeah, underwhelmed, I think, is a, is a good way to describe it because it's we want a women's Tour de France, right? Mm. And it doesn't necessarily mean we want exactly the same as the men straight away. But, but having a women's Tour de France, it's like when you look at like tennis, for example, or athletics or, or swimming, you don't have those big major marquee events where it's men on- where it's men only yeah yeah actually tennis is a great comparison for that because um, la course is essentially instead of having um you know um, men and women compete in wimbledon la course is basically having a one set exhibition match of two women before the grand final you know <laughs> you're so right yeah 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 um and maybe people who haven't got tickets for center court could go and see that yeah or yeah. maybe they you know maybe they can they you know you get into your seat and you don't and you don't leave it rec- you know you, yeah yeah yes exactly i'm actually exactly. I'm, I'm deserely pleased with that analogy it just, it just yeah yeah exactly sense. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and and cycling and the thing the thing that's really important to look at in men and women's races is that cycling road cycling isn't just an, an anomaly when you compare it to like the Ironman triathlons for example mm. or the London or the marathons the London and Boston marathons which are all like uh, uh, other endurance you know endu- yeah. endurance races and those races take place on you know take place on slightly uncomplicated courses but it's also an anomaly within cycling you know so you don't have mountain biking for example where they don't have women you know where yeah. they have only one lap or whatever yeah, or track, and you, don't you have, know, isn't isn't gender specific in terms. Yeah, or of be, I mean, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, it is in terms of like the distances and stuff. But when you're at a track meet, it's not like, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not like the the women the women don't get to that don't get. Don't, you have days where there aren't women riding, and mm. you know, 
BNX, for example. It's 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 particularly interesting that, that and I'm gutted about the course next year because I mean when the course happened and I looked at the course and it was like a very shorter route because normally women are racing everyone knows this I'm sure but normally women are racing around 125 130k in a day yeah. race yeah yeah um in 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 another and in another world cup day race in another world tour day race they're normally racing you know so when you kind of take a race that's around 60 kilometers it's literally half the distance of a normal race so as i've said many 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 times it's not the excitement of a criterium you know an yeah. hour where you yeah. just speed around at top speed and you try and get you know you have yeah. to be like it's going to go and, and knifing through the corners you know and and and, and when to know. go yeah, when to yeah. attack but but because it's it's longer than that mm. but it's also not long enough to really get going you know to to really to really kind of like we've seen anna van der Brega won the course last year in a in a in a last minute death or glory attack but it's going to be it's very hard to get away in a 60 you know 60 there's races of literally it's literally junior level racing now i at the beginning people rightly said to me and i think they're right look sarah this is just a start we should give it time they're gonna it's a good it's a good enough jumping off point yeah and i agree with them oh absolutely and particularly in that first year um you know when when the push for some kind of race really heated up um and the there was the petition um and and attention was really being put on it from when that happened to when the first ep- uh first edition of La Course was on was like three maybe four months you know so yeah. absolutely first year totally get look we're, we're doing what we can we're putting something on you know we'll build on it we'll go from there yeah i i get that i can i can even support that what has frustrated me and and um, you know you as well is but particularly my main frustration has simply been that they've done sweet fuck all since then yeah i mean it, it's it's interesting looking at the course versus the madrid challenge because even though teams send small you know this year people you could see some teams weren't sending their full squads you had you know you can take six riders but there's teams of four and teams of five yeah at the course and at, the, at, at london um but the difference is is that the course on the champs-elysees still you know that's a very exciting thing for people to ride so i look at those rate and and london as well is a very exciting race on the day and they've always made me slightly um make me slightly hypocritical because there's something super exciting about women getting to ride on the cobbles of the champs-elysees or this year's la course where it went through trafalgar square and had that olympic you know that olympic finish and it's in these kind of it's in these pace places that people who are british or aren't british know as like major tourist spots yeah, and they well, shut down trafalgar square exactly. to let women ride bikes through it and honestly i think that's part of the the thing is that it can appeal to everyone because if you're already a fan you're recognizing this iconic thing um and 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 appreciating that and if you're not a fan you you recognize the location and realize that this must be an iconic thing if it's shutting that down so yeah 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 and they went past downing street and there's a woman prime minister you know when there's a woman prime minister in downing street and they went past big ben you know you you i I feel like these plate these are the like children's book of of (laughs) london you know like these 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 are the places that everyone knows in london it would be i guess the equivalent in australia would be going under you know going over the bridge past the sydney opera house you know these are these are it would be such a fucking good bike race to hammer over the bridge 
um, swing down past the opera house. Oh, uh, such a good bike race that we could make. Oh my god. But but would you be happy? And so it's so it's that thing. So it's those two things. Now this is where looking ahead to next year again, well, of course, gets interesting because they've dropped the distance, made it shorter. Because yeah. next year the women, it's not on the same day. It's not on the Champs Elysees. It's on the last stage. It's on I think it's stage eighteen of the men's race up the Col d'Huisard, yeah. finishing at the same point. But it's it's yeah. I think this year's but, the course was like seventy kilometers, and next year it's sixty kilometers. Yeah, I was going to say it's even worse because while it's finishing at the same point, it's it's riding a different route to get to that point that shortens it dramatically. And, and I mean, I know, and it frustrates me that we have to say it so often, but you know, it's not even like women can't compete at these, at, at these distances because we're, we're within distances that we see them compete at already, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just... And you know, and they and they and when you know the, the the difference between men and women's physiognomy affecting their racing, the differences drop over as you as you become into uh, uh more and more endurance. Yeah. So, you know, we, we saw a woman Leo Wilcox win the win the win the tra- the Trans America this year or yep. Race Across America. I can never remember which one is which. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like that's, you know, she's that's 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 yeah. great you know like it's it's and that's a really super that's a long that's longer than that's longer than racing your you know by, great than, than, than several thousand miles as it turns yeah out. so yeah so you know. uh, but so it's kind of like it's and this is i guess where we get to see what what aso wants because on mm. the one hand they're giving us a women's liege which is fantastic on the other hand la course is is like it's taken away the thing that makes it you know you sit there and go okay well, well you know at least they it, get to ride the champs elysees exactly like it's one it's one redeeming quality that i could sort of you know made it somewhat palatable was that at least it was on the the day and on the streets when when paris is crowded with people watching the racing you know that was its one redeeming thing and now they've taken that away and to me you know the only thing that can come out of it is like it it better have the best fuck off most amazing broadcast package <laughs> ever i i mean what i'm the redeeming feature for me would be that the aso can see that women can climb up hills and go okay yeah we'll do a bit more and I'm, I'm i'm gutted because turing and runfart was told to move very late notice yeah. because i was assuming it was going to be i was absolutely sure it was going to be a stage race this year yeah because why would you stop being on the Champs Elysees? Because it's easy. It's so easy to set up. You know, it's yeah, not like the shops. The shops closed all morning anyway. So it's not like it's. It's not like it's a really difficult um, thing. Exactly. Uh, like they've already done exactly as you say. All of the physical setups already already done and organised. Like it's it's that perfect thing of not having to do any extra work for for that. And and as we've seen with other like really smart races you know, that have progressively built out into stage races by adding a stage a year, you know, and just, just turning a, a two-day race into a three-day race into a four-day race. You know, that option existed as well. I mean, I, I honestly was with you. I, I was sure that we were going to see, you know, the addition of one or two more stages. Yeah, but, 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 if maybe, maybe 
there's an ex- you know we see that women can climb mountains and stuff because you know people aren't going to be sending their sprinters so i think i think a lot of people a lot of teams sent a team to the course where you're going to include riders who aren't going to be you know necessarily great at this at this kind of racing and you do it because oh my god it's the course and uh, on the Champs-Élysées uh, but you're not necessarily going to send so you might send your climbers to 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 the Champs-Élysées you know yeah. just so that you've got you know it's a, it's a, it's an amazing thing to do it's an amazing atmosphere sure. it's going to be interesting to see whether people you know will you are you're not going to necessarily spend send your sprinters yeah, to yeah. the to a to a very short Col d'Isoard Mm. climb because normally you know normally there's room for sprinters in a climbing race because you know you have to that race to be at the bottom of the mountain first blah blah you know chasing down people there's there's room for that for for sprinters in the beginning of a in the beginning stages of a climbing race right but when your race is so short (laughs) it's true i mean basically this race starts already halfway up the hill (laughs) It's not, yeah. it's not quite that I'm, bad, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gutted. I'm gutted for Tuggan who were asked to move for it because mm. they're a really long-standing excellent race in the same way as I'm gutted for a Makamine Bira having to move yeah. um, to make you know, to make way for the new women's classics. But, you know, especially because Bira is a mountains race and we lost, you know, when we lost all the races in the 2000s, um, we lost climbing races mostly, you know? Like we've replaced them in numbers, but we haven't been able to replace them in in style or Climbed. format, yeah, 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 because because they've been replaced in places like the Netherlands and Belgium that don't have mountains. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's kind of complicated. Anyway, so yeah, um, but I am excited about a women's Liège, and what I really hope is that a women's Liège leads to a women's Roubaix. That would be awesome, and look, it's what I hope for as well. But I mean, as you say, we've got this this well, in my view, this sort of really weird dichotomy with ASO, where on the one hand, you can make a very you know reasonable argument that they are paying attention, that they are working towards improving, um, you know, uh, the opportunity for women with the races that they control, and then on the other hand you can look at, like, La Course and you can make almost the exact opposite argument that, that they're paying lip service and don't really give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, I I, I I, mean, I know you foreshadowed this when we started talking about it, but for me, it really does come down to, like, I don't know which, like, are we getting Dr. Jekyll, Frank, um, you know, ASO <laughs> or Mr. Hyde ASO? I don't know. <laughs> like... <laughs> and that's making it exciting. I mean, this year, this year was... Uh, one of the things I really want to talk about this year was how much more coverage we got of women's cycling. Mm. I, I am really excited by this because, you know, back in the day, if there's a women's bike race on, I'd probably, you know, clear my calendar and, and sit and watch it, you know, because, oh my God, it's a women's bike race. I've yeah. got to watch it. I've got to, this has to be my, my number one priority. And this year we've had so much, like, and it's been building and building and growing and growing. And what's been interesting is the experimental, you know, we talk a lot about exper- about experimental coverage, but, you know, the, the Lotto Cycling Cup showing, you know, having very basic, having very basic coverage yeah. for their races. We saw it at the start with the, um, uh, I think it was Omelik van Hageland, I think. Yep. Um, with the bizarre music playing in the background, <laughs> you know, no commentary. <laughs> Um, which, which I saw in the... is about as experimental as you get, isn't it? Like that's 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 like sixties LSD laced film experimental film territory there. <laughs> yeah, but I was on a train on the way back from somewhere when I when that was on, mm. and 
I didn't feel so bad that I missed it because A, I could watch it again when I got home on because, you know, modern tech and B, it's, you know, there's all this. It's just so exciting to me, like so exciting. We were a bit gutted this year because two of the things that I think would have made a really big difference had they worked if we're talking about them was the Ronda Van Vlaanderen and the sort of Yorkshire coverage. Yeah, yeah. Because the Ronda Van Vlaanderen, it was going to be a really exciting new way of showing it, where the women's race would be um, streamed at the same stream, you know, streamed online, so you could watch. You know, everyone knows cycling hardcore fans are often watching one race on the TV, one race on their laptop. You know, it's like it's <laughs> and, like and that's, a that's on a slow day. It's like a rite of passage to be a cycling fan. That you know, how many races can I get on how many screens at once? Yeah, 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 exactly. And, you know, and kind of, and that's, yeah, and, and it's, and it's, and it's, yeah, as you say, it's like, it's part of what makes being a cycling fan fun, because Mm. you can be trying to watch seven races at the same time. Oh, my God, this is so complicated. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's going to be. So that was going to be really, you know, they were going to do splits, you know, cut, cut in with split screening into the men's race and, yeah. you know, cut to the end of the men's race. But, of course, the as, you, as people remember, the, the race, the, the TV company failed. And it was it was ironic that it was being streamed by a um, a huge, you know, telecoms and, and TV provider. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those ones that, like, at the end of it, you sort of have to look at it and go, you know... It's like it's like someone really pissed off Murphy from Murphy's Law, or you know, like the old joke. Um, how do you make God laugh? Tell him your plans. Like, yeah, like it's it, something like that. Like it was just, it was, it was so apocalyptic and dire, and it didn't need to be. Um, yeah, it's it's just it hard. Was, yeah, and and it was just it was just gutting. And then the tour to Yorkshire was the men and the women riding on the same day on the same course um in 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 the men in the men's tour de yorkshire was a stage race the women's state tour de yorkshire was a day race which was really really important i think as a thing because a the men's race would have been much shorter than 135 kilometers but b it it kind of shows that you can watch you can get different things out of the different races do you know what i mean yeah and it was really set really really well um and the except for the fact that the helicopter that was supposed to be signal from the motorbikes etc up to the up to the to the broadcast unit didn't work and so nothing happened and we didn't get coverage of the women's race at all except for the finish line and then we didn't get coverage of the men's race except for at the you know except for the very except for the very end yeah and that was gutting because i feel like had we had those two things which were planned the race organized wanted them yeah. they were all set up to happen and just shit happened to them i think we'd have been talking very differently about the impact of 2016 on women's cycling i i actually agree a thousand percent and the the number one reason as you know is because it fucked with my head like for <laughs> for like at least half the year you know we'd be we'd be talking um about what's going on and stuff and i'd have in the back of my head oh fucking coverage is just shit this year and and whatever and i, I can remember at least two occasions where you had to sort of like go dan and and sort of talk me off the ledge <laughs> yeah no the coverage was amazing this yeah. year this year i mean we had less we had on the one hand less of the aso 
sorry, it's less of the UCI stuff, mm. which, you know, is a big deal, is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't very well organised and they didn't really get the, you know, the, the, rather than sending their own their own film, you know, they didn't have the same, the same, they had, you know, they're getting their filming from the, uh, from the, Racers and the races or the host broadcasters and the host broadcasters didn't always play game, play yeah. play fair. It was very, very, very hard for um, Felix and um, Niels to actually do that job. Yeah, like it was yeah. harder than it had been because you know when they were doing the because they wanted to get the coverage out within twenty, you know, within within twenty four hours of the race. Yeah. But 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 so that was bad and and it's it's like. But on the other hand, we had so much more coverage than we've ever had before. And it wasn't just like, you know, and sometimes we're in this situation where we don't have to watch every race anymore. Yeah. Because like with men's racing, you can go, well, you know, this day I'm actually going to myself or this day I'm going to go and hang out and, you know, or I could, or I could record it, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like, or I can watch it when it comes, when it comes back. And, and that's, that's beautiful. You know, that we are getting better. It is getting better. It absolutely is. It, it it genuinely is. I mean, I also recall, you know, a couple of times this year where it wasn't. It, it's not just the coverage overall, but there were there were a couple of um, peak season pe- periods in the season where it was like, oh my god, there are so many races on live that I can't yeah. watch them all. You know, and and that is definitely a step forward, and um, I think quite exciting. I I hope. Um, cautiously and, and somewhat nebulously, that as um, the ability of of like low cost or lower cost video streaming uh, continues to improve and stuff like that, that we just see more and more of this become part of how it's done and, and the norm. And I certainly yeah. hope for for um, the guys doing the the highlights packages and stuff coming into the next year that hopefully now that they've had a year of dealing with broadcasters and stuff like that that it is a much more straightforward proposition yeah yeah and i mean they were running to catch up yeah. you know they were running to catch up they basically um just were thrown in it and this is and this is a problem with with the with the world tour is that they the, the uci deciding to take away it's you know not have any any highlights mm. And then turn around and go, oh, we're having highlights. And, and I don't know how that happened. And part of it is that um, the, the the woman, Morgan, who works for the UCI, who's running, who's the who's the press person for the World Tour, Women's World Tour, came into the post late. You know, I think she started after the World Tour had started right. and was just thrown in at the deep end. And so there's lots of kind of things that I'm not. You know, they had less, they didn't have the same Twitter coverage of races as they yeah, did last year. Yeah. They didn't have the same. And, and that's, I think that's why, you know, you said, you, you said that, you know, you felt like it was, it was a step back this year. And then I had to kind of go, no, but look, this is actually what it is. It's because the World Tour, the UCI's product was taking a step back, step down. So, and that's yeah. the interesting thing is looking at the difference between the World Tour and racing as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is going to become this is going to become particularly fascinating because what happens next? Do we the world tour? They're adding in more races. They need to work out now what happens to races that aren't world tour, and also what happens about who gets to race them. You know, the, the, uh, in in Ronde van Vlaanderen, every team that was a, a UCI registered team invited to race. Yeah, and that meant there's like you know there's like 
300 riders the road or something ridiculous like that to start yeah yeah, yeah. which is ridiculous because and, you know that's just, just that that's just insane well and and it's also a genuine safety issue because as as we know those roads are you know in part so famed because they narrow and and technically difficult and and the thing is i don't think you can blame the team like who the fuck turns down an invitation to to yeah 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 yeah, absolutely absolutely and of course you're going to take a whole load of i mean i personally disagree with the tactic of yes let's take our whole development team who have never raced anything near in a palace on this size and (laughs) and don't know how to and are not going to finish let's give them them in flanders to start yeah yeah, (laughs) i don't think that that's i mean i i I, I, I have issues with that as a tactic because I feel like it's unfair on the riders. It's just going to be exhausting yeah. and you're just going to, you know, it's going to, it, it would be exhilarating if you finished in the top 20. But what I'd rather see is have, you know, uh, Flanders restricted to top teams and then you can take your development rider as part of a pro team who can say, yeah, this is how you do it. This is what's yeah. happening. This is your role. And then she gets her first chance, you know, then she gets her first chance to race it that way. You know, I'm, I've, I've reached a step. I'm now racing Flanders and I can see what's the, you know, I can see, I can, I'm, I'm yeah. surrounded by my teammates. I've got a plan. My, my team boss has said, you know, if you just do this work in the early part, that's all we want from you, you know, and then it becomes a structured and supportive way to, way to do it. But when you're like, you know, when, when all of your team is in different groups, mm, um, mm. you know, different groups off the back and you just have to keep riding to the end and you're scared and it's horrible and you just hate it and you hate it and you hate it. I don't think that's necessarily the best way to start. You know? No, you no. Know? but 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 part of the problem this is the thing that we need next this is the thing that we were promised for 2018 so yeah, hopefully it'll yeah. be announced in good time this year is we've been promised the work that we've been waiting for on team structures on on, on the structure of the sport yes and like you say we've been we've been uh, for as long as i can remember that you and i have been doing this podcast we've been talking about how how necessary this is so i i just so desperately hope as you say that a it happens and b that they actually announce the plans for it early enough that people can adjust to that and and be ready for it because what every what pretty much everyone is wanting is as the men have multiple layers of racing the women to have a couple of layers of racing and maybe that's where you bring in your 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 minimum wage so you say okay you're a pro you are a pro team everyone on your team is being paid yeah. You know, even if it's I mean, yeah, and these are and these are other standards that you have to do. You're actually going to pay your team the contracted re- wage. Yeah. And if you don't pay your team the contracted wage, they get um that they, they get kicked out uh, of the of the pro team. You get automatic invite to all of these to, to the to the top races, you get other priorities, you are a pro, the pro team. Yeah. And then the next thing down, you are the development layer. You are just as important as the pro team layer. It is not a lesser thing. But you're a development team and your jobs are about helping riders develop so they can become pros you know and that's really exciting too and you say okay well and these races you can't go to the pro team to the to the to, to these to these top races but here are some races where the pro where where the where the top teams aren't going aren't allowed to come yeah yeah yeah. so you can okay so actually you can go to this great great development race like um let's say the czech races you know really good development races where you can go to this race in belgium Mm. but you know you're not going to get completely you know i don't know canyon or rabo are going to turn up and and just win every stage put their 
train on the front for every stage and just just dominate and you're just gonna suffer at the back for three days or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and they're gonna be they're gonna get like they're gonna get um six all six riders in the top 10 of the itt yeah and the yeah. top, and the top <laughs> including the including the whole top four you know what i mean yes, and yes. And they're not going to just like treat it as a training ride. So on, you know, on on stage four, they all just attack at like the tenth kilometer, yeah. and you know, and and t- treat it as TTT practice, and then give the win to their to one of their domestiques who hasn't won anything this year. Yeah. But because they're controlling the race so much, they can, you know, she can she can win that stage. You know, not that I'm talking about specific races. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I, I, no, it didn't sound at all specific to me. <laughs> very, very bad. Could have been any race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so that's that's something that I I'm really hoping happens. I mean, really hoping happens. Yeah. I guess I guess it's going to become interesting because we're moving up to another UCI election coming yeah. up. So this is the time for Cook. So so it's one of those things where it's it's in Cookson's interest to actually get some real changes done because he's already got exactly. like the problem that he promised a minimum wage for women and now he's backed off, you know, yeah, he's backtracked yeah. and he's got his reasons, but you know. Exactly. He promised all these things and, and he really needs to deliver some substantial development in order to be able to hold his head up in regards to that at all. Um, at the same time, I imagine there's possibly a fair amount of pressure, not necessarily specifically about women's cycling, but cycling in general. I mean, as we know, the sport is mired in its own traditions and history so you know it it isn't a sport that embraces change readily at all in my opinion no but i don't really understand why 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 cycling should be so different to other sports because i mean look 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 at football soccer to american friends or look at rugby or you know all of these are just as or cricket yep. i mean look at the, the classic example is looking at 2020 cricket i think yep. you know yep. cricket is a sport that is all about tradition and is even more complicated to understand for a newbie than cycling is and and you know i'm sorry dan even more kind of tedious to watch for a newbie than cycling is and you know like but cricket has managed to cricket has looked at itself and managed to I managed to make changes and also to embrace the divert, you know, also to kind of embrace international diversity. Yeah. yeah. And I think, so, I think I, exactly. And I have to give a lot of credit to, to the organizing bodies behind those because they've recognized that, um, you know, it, it not just about the, the pure, you know, sort of hardcore cold business reasons that make it a, a smart thing to do, but also looked at, the opportunity of and 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 the idea of what representation of their sport as a whole means in a much larger much more connected world you know when when the same kid can watch football or cricket or rugby or cycling or whatever how does any sport compete for the attention of that kid and and what kind of insane sport rules out half of them Yes, yes. I mean, I mean, this is the thing about the Australian cricket stuff that their last your last summer, mm. where they were putting it where they, where it had huge audiences because they were take you know because there wasn't a firewall or a paywall around it. Yeah. You know, people want yeah. to watch cricket. Here's some cricket we can watch. Women's it, it happens to be women's women playing cricket. Yeah, and that's and I mean, so you talk about and you talk about cycling having traditions, but you know the the complete horror with which the idea of not wearing white 
yeah was yeah. greeted with on cricket or or, yeah. or you know it's yeah. it's kind of football the way oh, that the way that football has taken on women you know yeah. women's 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 football is is exactly. is there so exactly and you know things like like cricket like the people forget now because it's long enough ago but like the one day version of cricket only came into existence in the 70s and it was literally over a broadcast dispute so, yeah, you know, like yeah. exactly for a sport mired in tradition, um, you know, they're able to to look ahead and, and work around it. So, I mean, it speaks to the levels of dysfunction that that cycling, you know, has to deal with on a day in a day out basis that we're not able to collectively just get our shit together and get on with it. So, I, I yeah. genuinely, seriously hope that that this next essential change and it is an essential change you know i i i fear that if it's not achieved um in time that it will not undo but like significantly um impede the continued progress and the momentum that's already been built up you know i mean there's no point having more races and more more diverse types of races and and races that cater to different skill levels if we can't provide the pelotons plural that that can race them you yeah know. i mean it doesn't i mean i guess the thing is with crit with with cycling is is one of the things that's a problem is that it's velon you know it's, it's groups like velon and groups that are for that, that, that are trying to push the sport in specific ways and people like the aso who mm. don't have a who don't care about women and have managed to cut women out whereas in like i don't know the lawn tennis association or something they've at least got to pretend that they've got you know women are there already yeah, or the crickets yeah. or uh if you're football you've got to justify the subsidize you know the subsidies you get and the sports things you get and people are starting and that's going to change this is where we look at like title nine in america yeah where america where women's sports has changed with this idea of hang on a minute if there's public if public bodies you know like the the universities yeah. are are running sports and that has to be sports for everyone yes and absolutely i am interested in the place of america in cycling because next year the uci this year the uci have introduced have given uci ranking to women's crits for the first time for 26 for 2017 yeah well this is this is super interesting i think because i mean as we as we all know um america while i mean you said this earlier on um is is making great strides in their progress as as um oh what what's the best way to say it? as a sort of like the the next emergent continental focus for cycling for women's cycling um is is at the moment still has a very crit heavy season you know calendar um and so obviously that's gonna help them but it's also i'm really curious to see what it does in terms of teams and crit specialists well yes because the 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 crit so one of the reasons why there weren't races uh uci registered races in places outside europe so much was that in the states and in australia they tend to have a crit stage in their in in races and you're limited to how many races you can how many crits you can have in in a in a uci you were limited to how many crits you can have in a uci race which is why we joke about the tour of Chongming island this is its crit like stage yeah, yeah. because you know it managed to it managed to scam around the rules a bit um crits are much cheaper and much easier to run than a than a than a day race because they're on a fixed course yep. um you know you can it's completely closed rows on a fixed course that's in a very small you know it's it's like you know if you're yeah. if you're if your total course is a kilometer long for example yep. you don't need to worry about 
Exactly. Your total logistics are a lot easier. You don't need team cars on the road. You don't need, you know, two sets of accommodation at either end before and after the race and all of that sort of stuff, you know. Mm. It just becomes a lot easier for everyone. Um, and, and certainly, as you say, in the, in the arc of a stage race, having a couple of those can be very, very helpful um, in terms yeah. of budgets and logistics. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, I mean, generally, a crit is not going to change your... Um, uh, uh, GC. Let's yeah. let's let's face it. But um, it's it's not going to be. It's it's also going to be. Um, it, it, it's interesting. So the Americans do crits in a different way to to, to everywhere else because while well, I mean the Americans say they oh we are the country that does crits, but they're not because there's also tons of crits in other countries. Australia has some really good crit scene. Um, obviously. Belgium and the Netherlands have tons and tons of them. But the difference between American crits is they have the preems, preems, yeah. preems, 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 preem laps where it's almost you get extra seen prizes. A, you've seen a crit where they say that every lap. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Well, it feels like that because in yeah. an American crit, any local business can give a preem lap prize. Oh, right, okay, we're going to give 50 quid. This is the Oakland Funeral Home. Preem, you know, yeah, preem yeah. lap. This is the preem lap set up by Sarah and Dan. Preem! Oh, you know, my lap. God, we so should do that. Oh, we should. Yeah, okay, we'll save that for later, but yeah, we, we totally should. But yeah, this is this is the pro women's cycling dream, <laughs> and so they have they have like you know you can you know it's it's from fifty dollars up to like five hundred dollars up to a thousand dollars. So within the race, which is only an hour long, you've got riders who and it's and it's a legit thing that you do where people don't go to win the race; they go to yeah, you know, make their rent, make their rent, and it's and it's fantastic because you know actually if you're if you're a canny rider, you can be coming home with with thousands of dollars, mm. you know. In 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 preems. So and they've had a they've so national the national crit series in the USA are all the USA crits are all going they look like they're all going into being UCI registered next year. Wow. So now it's interesting because crits in other countries well Australia didn't and I'm really surprised by that because the Mitchelton Bay classics are like pretty much my favorite crits of all time I <laughs> I long to go to Australia and, and melt go to in the, the bay sun crits. yeah and yeah. go to the bay crits and just watch the kind of crazy and argue with you about hot dog corners that's not a thing Sarah yes, it is. <laughs> no, it is. no it isn't Sarah they start on the 1st of January yeah and they're awesome they're so exciting but they're not uci registered yeah and um, look i'm not 100 percent sure why they took that decision but I'm... i don't think all the races knew that they were go- that, that, oh, that this was possible right, that it was right. possible that might, be, because that I might asked... be part of it the other thing that i i thought as a you know theory thing um was just maybe because it is such an established like cornerstone of Australian racing because because our you know we're opposite side of the world so our seasons are opposite you know so it's our summer so we don't get a lot of summer racing we have like January is it and then everyone's back to Europe to work um, so I well that's not true that's not true the the national road series is fantastic and well, great racing yeah, but it's not the sorry. top pros yes but I meant in terms of the top pros yes um, so I I kind of thought maybe they just shrugged and went oh we don't really need to. Well, I did wonder about that. I mean, I guess the other thing is that is that the tour series, well, sorry, the the crit, the Mitchelton Bay Classics, is also got a GC thing going on in it. You yeah. know, that's in a, in a way that the others don't necessarily. But yeah, 
but I asked Sweet Spot and they didn't know that they could that women's crits could be because oh. they what they run the tour series of crits in the UK. So the, yeah. the thing is, is so when you look at which crits have come in, it's mostly American with a couple in Netherlands and a couple in Belgium. But what this means is. I don't know how they're going to add the points together. I should really look it up. But you know, if if they're adding the if those points then count to the um to the uh um to to, to you know to the to the to the overall rankings, yeah, yeah. then then that means that the USA is going to go bang up the rankings quite easily. But it is good. It's it's another good thing because the USA has teams that are crit specialist teams. This yeah. gives them points and recognition. It's good for those riders. They get UCI points, you know, for being for being crit riders. Yep. And that's and that's fantastic. Absolutely. So, and look, so that's an interesting thing. It's super interesting. It also possibly um, opens a, a slightly different pathway for riders. You know, like you say, like and as we know, the the Dutch and Belgian, um, you know, sort of um, uh, national areas are you know some of the most competitive in the world in terms of number of people trying to to get on a team and go somewhere sort of thing and so you know maybe maybe this opens up another pathway for some riders to to head to the u.s and and kickstart well, a career there you know yes 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 and it also means that riders you know riders can can, can you know the, the thing about riders being able to stay home in the six as you say yes be able to go out there and say okay you know we're we're i mean i'm i can i can live in america for a year and i can and i can race there and i mm. can build it up and then i can come back to europe or maybe i don't come back to europe yeah, you know yeah. it's really exciting um speaking of um, speaking of new pathways into teams did you see the zwift we, we talked yeah. about the zwift canyon thing um i, I I'm, I, mystified is the word that springs to mind. I, um, I get it and I understand how they've done this and, and even to a certain extent why, but I, I still think, and I could be completely wrong about this, but I still kind of feel like there's a huge difference between, you know, doing really well on, on a structured Swift competition and actually racing. Um, I yeah. So for people who don't know, Zwift is one of the. Um, how would you describe Zwift? Um, well, so basically, it's a um, computer-assisted indoor training program. Really, like basically, what you can do is um, connect your trainer, if it's a, a smart trainer, um, to Zwift, or you can just you know log into your account and do training rides at home, like when the weather's shit and stuff like that, and you can book in. Um, iconic climbs but you can also sort of join virtual bunch rides you know so people from all around the world can jump on and go oh i'm looking for a ride in the next five minutes who's in and you can sort of bunch up and and ride together and you get stats and stuff off it and and that sort of thing and then it's got all the normal sort of you know planned training rides and and things like that on it as well and and there's there's a load of these different things aren't hmm. there there's a lot of these things yeah. about it's not unique but what was unique was this idea of doing as it's the zwift academy with canyon shram where they were setting it up to see if they could find someone who could go pro yeah. through using zwift yeah yeah and so they basically turned it into a, a talent search um sort of a, a thing and i mean on, on the one hand it makes a lot of sense because obviously part of using zwift is that they get a lot of data from your trainer you know if you if you've got it connected you know so they're getting like your power output your average speed your 
um, ability across different courses and and all of these sort of things and and on top of that you know an idea of how often you're riding and training and and all of that i mean on a on a very different podcast there's 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 a very dystopic vision of this that that gets deep into privacy and the role of of data in in corporate uses and stuff but that's uh that's a different podcast i think but um but yeah this is this is very interesting because again from that point of view i understand how and why this has happened but at the same time i just mentally really struggle to get how this is actually ultimately going to work out well what they did was they had a thing where you could where they promised to have find a pro rider who'd get a canyon strand contract out of it and so they gave um people you know people the first part was the you you got to know this you did weekly rides you did um and that there was data screening and development where they were given a structured training program then they gave them where, where you know where zwift gave them a structured training program and then they had 12 semi-finalists the bespoke training regime with indoor and outdoor riding with a mentor to guide them through the process and from these a final three were selected to attend Kangstram training camp to allow the team staff to see how they performed in a team environment right and i am fascinated by how this is so it was won by uh, Leia Thorvalson from Little Rock Arkansas and the top three are really interesting because they're older than they're older than they're older athletes yeah. they've all three come from different sports so they had Jesse Donovan who's 40 who's a three-time Ironman champion with a background in backpacking running and Nordic skiing y- Yvonne Van Hattem from Holland who played field hockey and ran running but started cycling in 2015 she's 37 and then leah thorvelson is a marathon and 2012 olympic marathon trials competitor who moved to cycling in 2015 as a result of injury yeah yeah so all of these what i don't understand how it will work and why i'm going to be fascinated is while they might have the the physical stats to be a cyclist how that's going to work in terms of learning team cycling, learning road cycling, you know, the the Yeah. The the the, the positioning issues, the riding as a team, because the other yeah, thing about yeah. Zwift these things is you're you're it's a solo effort, aren't you? Yeah, well exactly. Yeah, I mean that's that's the whole proposition is that you're on on um, a trainer, you know. So I mean and I get that they've sort of addressed that somewhat by doing, you know, uh, some outdoor riding and and mentor guided training and then taking them to a team camp and stuff but as you say like it, it, there's a huge amount of technical skill and and i don't mean this like at all to be disrespectful i mean but we talk about this almost every year with a rider who is already in the elite peloton you know who doesn't have the same technical skills be they cornering skills or descending skills or positioning skills as someone else and loses a race as a result of it you know and and but i i don't think this is a bad thing though i think this is going to be a really fascinating yeah. thing to see whether this actually can be a way to help Thorvalson then learn about cycling I mean, i'm i'm guessing yeah. they're not they're not going to be putting her into the run van Blaren and yeah, the, yeah. And 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 the I mean, imagine riding the Giro, like for example. Yeah. But it's still, it's still, it's. I'm just fascinated. I guess oh, I'm, yeah. it's way too early for me to have a. And that's the thing. Like, um, I, I, exactly. I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm just kind of mystified or bemused is probably a better word by the whole thing. In the sense that I do want to see what happens. I mean, for me, the other thing is I think it is very telling, as you point out, that a 
um, the athletes who made the the final cut were older and experienced athletes and came from other sports. But I can only hope slash assume that should this sort of partnership continue or grow, that it does start to provide opportunities. And, and I certainly admit my share of bias in this. But, you know, the, the theoretical, you know, young girl who lives in Alice Springs in the middle of Australia, for example, and basically has literally zero opportunity to, to meet anyone and, and, and have any involvement in uh, an elite-level cycling, um, you know, culture. Um, something like this could be, could be the kind of thing that gives that kid a chance you know yeah yeah i mean it's and it's it's how they then can help them because i can understand how it would help them become on track for example like yep. see it like say you're going to be in the team pursuit because while important skill there, there's you know it's in a it's in a controlled environment and it's you know it's it's a very specific skills that you have to pick up yeah. so i can see how it would work more on things like team pursuit becoming a time trialist and this is where it's going to be fascinating to see whether it can help, whether this is a new route into road cycling. Like I can see, I can, I can totally see how you could identify, like, you know, this is the sort of thing that maybe generation will be doing in the future to find the next ICT champion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, I am so excited by it. Um, I mean, I get, I, I get your bemusement, but I feel like it's going to be, I mean, and I also feel like, what I don't want to do is put a ton of pressure on Thorvaldson to make her, th- yeah, oh God, yeah. you know, if she's going to fail or fail or not fail as a result of this, because I feel like it, it's not on her to learn the, to learn the skills of racing yeah, in a, yeah, yeah, racing exactly. on the road. Exactly. It's I on mean, the team to help her develop. And I would yeah. assume that, you know, again, this is where your development riders come in. Exactly. Exactly. And you're a hundred percent right. Like it's, it's, the team's made this decision to to work with her, so absolutely, it's on them to to ensure that she gets that that, that training and and the opportunity to skill up. Um, and it's going to be fascinating. So yeah. So I <laughs> we haven't touched half of what <laughs> I was going to talk about today. I, I, Callum is shocked that we said let's keep it to an hour, and we're about halfway through our list. <laughs> <laughs> So there's only one thing to do, and that's to come back next week and talk about the rest of it. Uh, to talk next week about specifically about the racing, about about what's what 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 the what the thing you know what what 2016 has been like in terms mm. of racing, and what might be different in 2017. And we'll look at some teams. We'll look at some um, post Olympic stuff. We'll yeah, look some, at some riders. Some yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, and there's there's actually a lot there to to unpack and a lot to look forward to. Even even the stuff that won't be resolved is just the you know oh my god I can't wait to see what happens. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so we'll, so come back next week and we'll have all of that to talk about it'll be great mm. and yes thank you very 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 much for listening and for all your support this year we love you all absolutely and uh enjoy your holiday break if you're having it and um and toast uh us we'll toast you and we'll talk to you again soon yes bye bye bye